You're listening to a download from the outdoorstation.co.uk. Number 360. Hello and welcome back to the Outdoor Station with me, your host, Bob Cartwright. And, well, it's been a while since I've uh, done some podcasts, and I think I owe you an explanation. So, uh, in this uh, podcast, we're going to discuss uh, weather, we're going to discuss excuses, and uh, various bits of reading matter to entertain us during this miserable weather. Plus a little liberal sprinkling of nuggets of information. Uh, well, after I've finished my excuses and things, which I'll come on to in a moment, um, Andy Howell reviews three books. Three books which may help us through uh, some of these rather cold, miserable nights. And I know us Brits do go on about the weather a bit, and um, we've got a pretty good excuse for doing so, because it's bloody awful. It is cold, it is miserable, and it's spring. We have uh, Easter uh, coming this weekend. And traditionally, Easter is a time for uh, getting out for those first bit of, uh, bit of bit of camping and walking. Uh, the uh, the grass is green, the birds are singing, the daffodils are out, the snowdrops are out, and everyone is starting to feel the new year emerge from the undergrowth. Uh, sadly, it's still under two or three inches of snow. And uh, as much as snow is good fun to go and play with over the Christmas period, after a while... It just gets you really, really annoyed. So um, that's the uh, the weather topic. Anyway, Andy is uh, reviewing three books, um, The Isolation Shepherd by uh, Ian Thompson, Wild Coast by Jim Gimlet, and Scotland World Mountain Series by uh, Chris Townsend, a well-known name, of course. Anyway, I said I'd start this off by uh, doing some explanations, some excuses. Um, and I feel I owe you some excuses because um, there are sort of uh, go through stages of fits and starts of producing lots of uh, podcasts, doing lots of interviews and then appearing to do not very much at all. Well, as a lot of people will know, we also operate the website backpackinglight.co.uk. And for those regular visitors to, to us, we'll notice that at the end of February, uh, we flipped over from the old site to the new website. And if anybody has experience of uh, that type of activity, you'll know just how pressurised it is to make sure that everything still works. All the links work and obviously you've populated a new website. It's had to be built. Uh, the long and the short of it, we started back in October of last year and finally produced the, the new website, which, um, actual fact, we're very, very pleased with, very proud of, and very, very pleased with the results. It's um, It's gone much smoother than I thought it might do, and uh, it looks really, really good. But on top of that, it, uh, it gives us a lot more sort of features that you might expect, really, from a sort of commercial website. I would dare to say almost Amazonian in type, uh, that you can do all sorts of things like leave reviews of products and uh, do wish lists and 
there's all sorts of other features as well, such as um, uh, loyalty points. And in fact, uh, if you're interested in getting a new rucksack, I'm just with a bit of a commercial plug because obviously the commercial side of Backpacking Light does help fund the outdoor station. So uh, it's my toy. I'm going to play with it. Uh, this weekend uh, in uh, Easter uh 2013 we're doing a double points uh scheme so if you buy any rucksack or rucksack accessory from backpacking light you get double points and those points are worth uh, a sizable discount on future purchases once it meets a, a threshold uh, but basically it equates to about uh, between four and eight percent discount on uh, on future products anyway so that's the financial plug over if you've you've purchased something from Backpacking Light in the past, uh, your login and uh, password is still the same, and you also have two hundred uh, points already placed in the bank. So um, if you want to top that up so that you can use it in the future, then now is the time to do so. And what else are we doing? Well. Going back to the Outdoor Station, if you have uh, been onto the Outdoor Station website recently or picked up on the YouTube channel that we have, um, you will have noticed that we've done uh, a new series of videos, uh, which obviously takes a bit of time, but it's also quite useful to do to share a bit more information about products which are available. And uh, we've done five videos with some of the new Montane packs. Uh, we did a video on the new uh, Lightning, the Xbed Lightning packs, which I think are going to be very popular uh, and they're literally about to arrive. Uh, and we've also done a video on the uh, Sill Rocket as well, a sort of a tarp tent uh, which opens out into a gullwing tarp, which is uh, quite a neat neat design actually. And uh, anyway, those videos are really taken off and um, we're getting a lot of uh, people looking at those. And the reason I mention that is in the video um, you'll see that I have started to invest in the technology to do virtual studios. Now, uh, people that are into um, media stuff will know immediately what a virtual studio is. Uh, but basically, it's a green screen studio. So you place yourself in a, a green screen situation and you set up the lights and the cameras and uh, off you go. And it gives the impression that you're standing in something like one of these BBC virtual studios with it all singing or dancing. And I must admit, it's a hell of a good toy. It really is bloody marvellous. Um, the, uh, the 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 box that does it all arrived uh, the other day, and uh, while I record this podcast, I haven't actually produced any of the new studio, if you like, video studio podcasts. But when I do, you're gonna love it. It really is very slick. Uh, but of course, the most important thing is not the technology and the pretty pictures that it um, it's able to deliver, but actually content. And I would really, really appreciate um, people uh, taking the time, if you would, to drop us a line either on Facebook or directly to our email address, uh, which will appear in a second, uh, our email address, and uh, let us know what sort of things you'd like to see or know about, perhaps more using the video as a delivery system. Now, as I sort of said earlier on, you know, we are on a budget and we try and fund the outdoor station activities from, from Backpacking Light. Plus, of course, you can actually be an executive producer if you ever wanted to be uh, be one and have your name up in lights for the videos or for the audio by making a PayPal donation. Uh, and that information is over on theoutdoorstation.co.uk as well. Um, and we'd be glad to 
take your money and um, give you the uh, share of the of the thrill of being there. But that would be great. So, um, yes, as I say, we, we're on a fairly tight budget and uh, we do try and uh, sort of incorporate some of our commercial activities in with the, the uh, access to video. So we do have, obviously, various reps that call in. And we can look at some of the equipment that uh, they have with them and discuss that in more detail. Uh, so let us know if that interests you. Not necessarily things that we sell, you know, things that other people, um, that uh, some of the businesses that we do deal with uh, actually have uh, access to. And if you'd like to know more information about that, let us know about that. We were thinking of perhaps uh, taking a few days out and going up to sort of Derbyshire or the Lake District, which is where the majority of the main uh, distributors are for some of the brands. And perhaps you would like us to call in and have a word with them. Uh, people like um, OMM, uh, ARC, ARC Consultants, distribute OMM products. Um, they've uh, they've got a unit uh, somewhere in the, in the north there. Uh, we have uh, Mountain King Poles, we have uh, Rab and Montaigne, and the list is endless. But we only have a certain amount of time uh, to uh, to gather this stuff. But I really would appreciate if people could take the time to drop us an email uh, with any sort of uh, video suggestions that you might have that are realistic, be realistic, whether it's uh, chatting to people about certain pieces of equipment, uh, chatting to people that uh, have used it on, uh, on various trips, or just generally finding out um, more about how to. Um, you know, any of these how to pitch a tent, how to string up a hammock, um, seam seal, I don't know, uh, that type of thing. Because the, um, the how-to videos that I've done on, uh, on the outdoor station about um, how to, to make your own pot cosy and the effect it has and make your own windshield and a few other bits and bobs which are purely just informational, not sort of non-commercial, uh, have proved to be very, very popular. And we have a whole new swathe of people coming through which uh, have all got into pot cosies and uh, the principle and uh, appreciating just how much... Uh, a, it saves fuel, and B, how much more environmentally friendly it is as a way of uh, cooking. If you have any feedback, questions or suggestions, why not drop us a line, either on Facebook or directly to our email address, info at theoutdoorstation.co.uk. Bringing you more about the outdoors world. What else has been going on? Um, well, we've. Um, if you're again a regular customer, you will have tapped into our blog feed or our Twitter feed. Uh, we've got two Twitter feeds. We've got one for the outdoors station, which is outdoors uh, st, and one for backpacking light, which is bpl underscore uk, and that is growing rapidly as well. And you'll know that our daughter Beth. Uh, has joined us for a while, uh, while we uh, make some of our changes and do some reconfigurations. Uh, and she is uh, really, really helping out. An extra pair of hands makes a massive difference, uh, both practically from uh, packing stuff and uh, office activity uh, to also doing the uh, some of the media work as well. And her expertise is in uh, social networking uh, and using the social network to uh, spread the word. So uh, things are uh, things are changing and happening in in that way as well. So that was a bit of a long introduction, wasn't it? 
I think it's about time we had a bit of a break and Andy came in with some of his book reviews uh, to give you a uh, some entertainment and something to think about uh, to while away these cold nights. You're listening to the outdoorstation.co.uk award-winning producers of podcasts to inform, inspire, entertain and encourage people to enjoy a healthy outdoors lifestyle. I'm going to be taking a look at three titles that have made a big impression on me over the last 12 months. The first is an old classic that should be far better known than it is. The second is from a new travel writer who's produced a stunning account of his journey in Central America. And finally, I'm going to have a look at what for me was the best outdoor guide of 2011. My first book is Isolation Shepherd by Ian R. Thompson. It's a book that I've been wanting to read for a while, but I only managed to get hold of it once it was published on the Amazon Kindle. Isolation Shepherd is the story of four years that Thompson spent living as a shepherd in Strathfara in the Scottish Highlands. Thompson was there at the end of the 50s, living with his young family on an isolated estate on the banks of Loch Monar. Their only neighbours were to the south, on the opposite side of the water, at Pate Lodge. It's a fascinating story, and in many ways a historical document, as the way of life described had been more or less unchanged since the beginning of the clearances. And while it isn't the best prose that I've read recently, the content is in the main fascinating. Thompson walks us through all aspects of life in the Glen and on the Loch. There are stories of the changing seasons, working with sheepdogs, the rearing and caring of the sheep themselves, life in the Glen, and accounts of stalking deer, catching foxes, and so on. It was clearly a harsh and a hard life, but it was led within the rhythm of the seasons and the land. The only concessions to modernity here seem to have been the outdoor engines on the small boats that provided the crucial link to the main glen to the east. The continuity of life on the lock has an almost surreal effect at times. Thompson can be talking about an incident that happens when he's out rounding up sheep or hunting deer, and he'll then refer to another great story of the glen, which sounds almost contemporary, but which features incidents and characters from several generations before. However, the certainty of the seasons and the continuity of the tasks means that these reminiscences remain as relevant as if they'd only happened a year before. And while life was hard, there's a lot of joy here as we get to know the tiny community that live around the lock. As a result, we get a fascinating account of life at the end of a period of great tradition and a wonderful pen picture of historic life in a very isolated part of the Highlands, Although, of course, like elsewhere in Scotland, these areas were much more heavily populated than we can imagine before the coming of the sheep. Sometimes the book feels disjointed and sometimes the author lost me, but inevitably I found I was dragged back with the fascinating start of a new section. It is a book that will appeal to anyone who loves the Highlands and especially to those who have ever walked the paths and hills of this area. Thompson was here until the end. The construction of the dams at the east end of the lock and the creation of the modern-day reservoir spelt the end of this way of life. The neighbours over the water at Pate left first and Thompson and his family left just after the dam was completed. The dam raised the level of the lock by a 100 metres or so. 
The small croft that was home was demolished before being flooded, a fate shared by many of the other places referenced in the book, although Pate Lodge remains, though now much closer to the waterline. There's much to admire in this timeless account of a more genuine and innocent time, and I guess this is a book that will be in print for a long time, and it's well recommended. My second book is The Wild Coast by John Gimlet, a new name to me and one that I only discovered through Amazon's recommendation system. But The Wild Coast is a truly fantastic piece of modern travel literature. It's the story of Gimlet's travels in Guinea, the land of many waters, as named by the local Amerindians. Guinea has 900 miles of muddy coastline and no natural ports, and 80% of the land is covered by rainforest. According to Gimlet, nowhere in South America is quite like it. Today, Guinea, as a result of colonialism, is three different but connected territories. The ex-British colony of Guyana, the ex-Dutch colony of Suriname, and French Guinea, which is still part of France, and which has members sitting in the French National Assembly. Gimlet travels around each of the territories, exploring their fading capitals and journeying to the marginal towns and cities on the edge of forests. He takes trips into the jungle and revisits a whole series of past projects aimed at levering largely mythical riches. As an explorer and a writer, Gimlet serves us well. His historical briefing is fascinating without getting the way of a thoroughly gripping yarn, and the people he meets along the way who provide the hospitality and look after him on his travels are affectionately remembered. Guinea may be a backwater, but as an explorer, Gimlet was following in the footsteps of a number of illustrious predecessors, including Walter Raleigh, Evelyn Waugh and V.S. Naipaul, and we learn much about their travels and their lives through these pages. The towns here seem to be almost like any you come across in South America, except more marginal. The forest at times has an almost heart of darkness feel to it, and you might not be surprised that this marginalised country throws up all kinds of fascinating stories. There are a series of modern dictators, the cult of Jim Jones and the Jonestown Massacre, and the true story, perhaps, of Henri Charrier, or Papillon, of Devil's Island, and who seems to have been a model prisoner. El Dorado is here, yes it really is, and there are lots of little pen pictures of people who become household names back in Europe, including politicians Bernie Grant and Trevor Phillips, musician Eddie Grant and football superstar Rude Hullett. Above all else, this is a story of settlement and revolution, of tribal wars fomented by Western powers who dashed the hopes and the dreams of the indigenous people. Each of the three territories is, of course, very similar, but we do get a fascinating feel here of how each of the three powers, the British, the Dutch and the French, have created a new framework for the land that they've largely left behind. There seems to be little hope here for dramatic growth or an economic miracle, and the future of these nations looks to be dependent on foreign aid. As a result, I guess many of us will have few opportunities or even fewer reasons to visit here. Yet Gimlet's book is enlightening in all kinds of ways. The best kind of travel books are a wonderful mixture of travelogue, historical account, mythical tales and fascinating encounters. And you'll find all of these in the Wild Coast. Gimlet proves that there's life yet in the travel genre and the Wild Coast is a very, very good read. 
My third and final book is Chris Townsend Scotland, which is one of the new and growing series of world mountain range guides from Cicerone. These are not books that are designed to be taken with you on the hills, rather they're works of reference to be used at home in planning that walking holiday, that long trek or Munro bagging expedition. Um, This book is over 550 pages long and I can tell you that uh, there's no waffle here and there's no padding. It's just all beautifully laid out, hard information. Um, I've got the book in front of me, so let's just take a look at it. First up is an introduction, which is a lovingly written essay from Chris Townsend uh, explaining just why these hills are so important to him and to other hill walkers. There's a section on practicalities when to go, weather, getting there, getting around, accommodation, maps and guidebooks, equipment and so on. Then there's a really interesting chunk of information about the mountains themselves. Uh, We can learn about the topography and the geology of the mountains. There's an essay on the history, culture and the rise of mountaineering here. There's a glossary of Scottish mountain names and uh, sections on responsible mountaineering, environmental ethics and more besides. And then we get to the heart of the book, which is based around seven chapters, each of which features a different region of the Highlands and indeed includes the Southern Uplands and the islands themselves. And each of these chapters really could be a guidebook in its own right. It's so comprehensive. So let's take a look at one. So I'm going to look at the Central Highlands. And the first thing that I notice is a very useful feature at the front of this chapter uh, that's replicated at the front of each chapter. And it's a chapter summary, and it gives me just the highlights here that I can expect in the Central Highlands. So there are details of low-level passes and walks, long-distance walks. So we've got two here, the West Highland Way and a... Uh, walk from Fort William to Dalwini via Coor, which would be a great three or four day walk. There are details of summit walks, both Monroe's, Corbett's and Ridge walks. There are details of scrambles, rock climbs and also opportunities for winter climbing and ski touring. And these highlights illustrate the philosophy of Cicerone with his books, which is to allow any outdoor enthusiast whether they're a walker, mountaineer, ski tourer, or so on, to appreciate the very best that each region has to offer. Then we get into a very detailed contents section, and this is broken up into 18 chunks of information, each one that focuses around a particular glen or a particular range of hills. And indeed, there's also here a, a particular section on the West Highland Way itself. So we'll go and have a look at one of these. And what we find is a a kind of gazetta of information on that range of hills or that glen. So very quickly, we can see just how isolated it is, how you would approach it. Uh, We can understand uh, how many uh, route options there are up to that particular Munro Uh, Is it a straightforward climb or is it indeed a scramble? And uh, if you don't like scrambling, are there other alternatives you can take? Then it will tell us just what life is like at the top of the hill. Is it a grass plateau, for example, or is it a very uh, rocky, almost lunar landscape? 
there's just enough information here for you to decide, yeah, this is something I want to include on my itinerary, or well, maybe it looks interesting, but I really need to go out and find something else out about this area. At the end of every chapter, there's a section that gives you details of how to access the region, uh, some suggestions as places that would be good bases for exploration, and uh, a listing of maps and guidebooks uh, for further study. Now, I've been using this book for over 12 months now, and I, I have to say I think it's a great achievement. It is the obvious starting point now for anybody looking to plan a long trek, a Munro bagging trip, or indeed a conventional summer's walking holiday. Um, it's a wonderful achievement. I can't speak highly enough of this book. I know that Chris absolutely worked his socks off to produce this guide, and uh, on many occasions feared that he would never finish it. But fortunately for us, he did, and uh, it's a magnificent achievement. Um, it's also beautifully designed and laid out. Features a whole series of stunning photographs, um, some wonderful highlight boxes, uh, and some very crisp and clear maps uh, of the kind of quality that you'd expect from Cicerone. And I've said before that the Cicerone design team deserve to win prizes for the layout of this book, if indeed they haven't done so already. So um, that's Scotland by Chris Townsend. Well, well recommended. So there you have it, three very different titles, each one of which is a fascinating read in its own right. Our first book was Isolation Shepherd by Ian R. Thompson, and costs for the paperback start at around about £9 online, and the Kindle edition is available for around about £4.50. I think this is also available in other ebook formats. Our second book was John Gimlet's Wild Coast, Travels on South America's Untamed Edge. Paperback costs start at around about £9 to £10, and the Kindle edition will cost £8.41. And again, I think that's available in other e-formats. Our final book was Chris Townsend's Scotland, one of Cicerone's World Mountain Range series. This can be bought direct from Cicerone at www.cicerone.co.uk and the paperback version will set you back £25. But you can find this cheaper online at around about £19 to £20. There's a Kindle edition, priced at £15.75, and through the website you'll be able to buy uh, other ebook formats um, for your desktop computer, that will also cost you £25, and for the iPad and iPhone, and that also will cost you £25. You're listening to the award-winning UK Business Podcaster of the Year. The home of UK-based audio and video podcasts for lovers of the great outdoors everywhere. Podcasts are based solely around self-powered travel. This is the Outdoor Station. My thanks to Andy for taking the time to review those books. Uh, that will help pass some of these cold, uh, wet, miserable nights. Andy is a very well-known blogger, so do check him out. Uh, if you Google Andy Howell or Must Be This Way, uh, you'll find his blog and you will certainly have plenty of reading on there going back years, uh, all reflecting on his experiences outdoors uh, and a whole variety of other interests. Uh, 
Now, talking of uh, outdoors, Rose and I uh, headed, well, it was only last weekend, so it's Easter this weekend, so you can see what time of year it was, headed up to Brecon because we had a few days of really good weather and we thought we might uh, go out and test some gear and uh, just stretch our legs, really, the first decent walk of the year. So um, we've written up and uh, published a few pictures from that on our blog, which is actually over on the Backpacking Light once again, backpackinglight.co.uk. Uh, and there's an RSS feed on that blog post as well. So um, should you wish to uh, sort of keep up to date with some of the things we've, we've been doing, um, then that'll be one of the many places to do that. In fact, Rose is wanting to uh, do a dry run and, on some equipment, some of the new equipment we've got uh, coming in literally at the moment, uh, because she's heading up to the West Highland Way in a few weeks' time, a couple of weeks' time, uh, and she's naturally a bit concerned what sort of weather she might be facing. Um, theoretically, it should be springtime and glorious, uh, but we've got one eye on the weather forecast continually, and she's... Uh, She's a little bit hesitant about the uh, snowfall that she might be facing. Uh, and I, of course, are um, heading out on the TGO Challenge this year. Uh, so uh, I'm uh, joining Lee and Tony, the uh, two, my fellow two musketeers, uh, and we're going to uh, be heading across Scotland again. Uh, it's Tony's, no, it's Lee's 10th crossing. Um, and so uh, it's a boy's, uh, a boy's two weeks, and Rose was banned, so she uh, took the hump and she's heading up to the West Highland Way. But once again, uh, just keeping an eye on the weather, wondering what the heck it's going to be uh, delivering uh, for everybody on the TGO Challenge, which is something that we've always supported where we can, because uh, it's a great way of, uh, of supporting and promoting good fellowship amongst backpackers. Now, talking about good fellowship, um, if you're feeling a little bit down at the moment and you want a bit of a lift, I have to say that uh, the one of the most recent um, Scotland outdoor podcasts that I heard was just awe-inspiring. Uh, it's the one that's been published on the 13th of March. So if you, um, again, Google it or hunt around for the BBC Scotland Outdoors podcasts. And uh, the last section of the three interviews is with um, a character called George Berwick. Now, the BBC were contacted by one of our uh, interviewees, actually, Warren Sanders, who's the, the guy that I interviewed, oh, I suppose a couple of months back now, who's cycling around the world. And he suggested to them that they should interview George Berwick, who is 72, and he's covered uh, 750,000 miles on a push bike. Uh, he's based up in Fife, and if you want to listen to somebody who knows how to live life, and you can hear it in his voice, and give you a lift if you're feeling miserable, then spend five minutes, hunt this guy out, and listen to it. It's an absolute scream. And I just hope that when I get to that age, I've got the same enthusiasm and the same humour for life as well. Fantastic. And the other um, podcast I'd thoroughly recommend is, of course, Sinead over on Calend The Calendar Road, uh, the Irish podcast. Uh, if you go in, Google The Calendar Road or Calendar Road or uh, podcast.ie, uh, she does a, a monthly uh, sort of 20-minute, half-hour podcast describing the change in the weather and the seasons. And uh, she's got the greatest voice in the world, uh, especially if you just want to s sit back and chill out and close your eyes and imagine this uh, beautiful country path that she's she treads and explains so eloquently. So um, that's well worth listening to. 
Right, I think I have covered most things now. Um, so I do hope you've enjoyed uh, this uh, this half hour break. Uh, that's had uh, plenty of information there for you. Uh, as I say, you know, do let us know, please, seriously, let us know uh, what you'd like to see, if at all possible, on the uh, the video casts that we want to spend more time doing. Uh, it would be great if they were informational uh, techniques or something that's practical and easy for me to either explain or get hold of a local expert to explain for you. And I'd be very, very interested to know where people's interests lie. Do you want sort of um, uh, more information about products and technical stuff or do you want actual sort of techniques uh, or characters? So, um, So please, if you could spend just a couple of minutes to... Drop me an email to info at theoutdoorsstation.co.uk. That would be fantastic. So, we're heading into Easter. I hope um, the time you spend with your family is a good one and that the weather cheers up at some stage and we can all get out and enjoy some spring sunshine. Until then, bye for now. If you have any feedback, questions or suggestions, why not drop us a line directly to our email address, info at theoutdoorstation.co.uk. Call us now and leave a voice message. You can Skype or call us at local rates at any time from any phone on 0208 This independent programme is produced and hosted by theoutdoorstation.co.uk. 